Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla producing single rows like flowers continually from June to the first frost. Hello, I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange the latest news, views and a bit of timely advice on all matters gardening. Later on in the podcast, I'll be speaking to Michael Cole, currently a Garden Centre Association inspector and assistant advisor to the National Garden Scheme. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, Sponsor of this podcast. Wonderful spring weather at home earlier this week. A forsythia in full bloom, daffs out, magnolias looking magnificent, uh, and even the surface soil at last starting to dry. This weekend, after an apple pruning workshop at the school, I aim to make a start planting shallots, onion sets and indoor raised garden peas. On the news front, I see from an email coming from my grandson at Leeds University that his fellow student's mum has dug up the lawn in Leicestershire and is starting to grow some of her own food. We may well have to do some of that, uh, a lot of us, as we're in isolation at home. My son-in-law jokes uh, to our daughter, they'll be living on rhubarb and parsnips from the allotment. Incidentally, uh, working on my son's garden in Oxfordshire recently, his friend delivered some uh, parsnip cake. It's made like carrot cake. And very good it was too. What with that and a lovely lemon cake from Anne Edwards, uh, that's uh, the royal photographer Arthur Edwards' wife, uh, in return for some rose pruning, I'm being pretty well kept fed. It's surprising how much food can be produced from a small back garden or a bit of an allotment. I'm still eating last year's asparagus from the deep freeze with the new spears already appearing in the polytunnel. So if you are at home, uh, time to spare, well then get out in the garden. Fresh air, healthy and you can grow some of your own. There are uh, still really big developments going on in the horticultural industry, uh, and I hear that a seven-hectare glasshouse, now I always double that to put it in acres, can't be absolutely right, but anyhow, we're talking a 14-acre greenhouse is under construction in Lincolnshire for beeswax Dyson farming to grow strawberries. A multi-million pound production facility, uh, breaking new ground in uh, the sophistication and sustainability of growing masses of strawberries. What an amazing world it is. But back home, just give the lawn a bit of attention, will you? 
It's been very wet in lots of uh, parts of the country. Grass has grown and you need to get the top trimmed off as quick as you can. I have already uh, run the mower over the top of my lawn uh, and there's a lot of moss there so I'll need to get a bit of moss treatment. In a perfect world I'd like to get the contractor in to uh, just scarify and pull some of that moss out uh, before we uh, apply a moss uh, suppressant. Uh, I'd like to see a, a really good lawn even if uh, some of it does have to be uh, dug up to grow vegetables. My guest today is Michael Cole. I've known Michael for a good many years. He had a very senior position with uh, the Knockcuts Garden Centres, but now, in, I think, semi-retirement, he seems to be working harder in retirement than he did in full-time employment, I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's been Garden Centre Association Inspector and is the uh, Assistant County Organiser for the NGS in Suffolk. Uh, Michael, uh, uh, how are things in uh, sunny... I think you're in Ipswich, aren't you? I am, Peter. Nice to talk to you. Well, I'm looking out of the window at the moment, and actually, for a change, it's not raining. It is fairly breezy, but at least we've got clear skies. We're on sandy soil here in Suffolk, but my lawn is still pretty sodden, like a lot of people's. So, uh, um, you know, we're we're hankering to get out into the gardens at the moment, but uh, still a bit wet and still a bit cold. Yeah, I think. But, the, but the grass pretty green. I was hoping to get my yeah, grass. Yeah, it's a lovely shade yeah. of green. Yeah, I mean, our grass looks wonderful, and, and normally until the middle of the summer, and then it goes completely yellow. So sandy soil does rather dry out quickly. Now, how many years were you at Not Cuts? <laughs> well, I didn't quite make my 40 years, Peter. 39, I think about 39 years that I was there, all told. And, and a, a wonderful career I had with Not Cuts Goodness, as well. that's a long time. I hadn't realised it was mm. as long as that. Didn't think you was as mm. old as that, leave alone with that. <laughs> no, no I, I, I do look very useful. You're quite right. <laughs> now, is it fair to say that you're in semi-retirement? It is, yes, absolutely right. Yes, I decided after, well, after nearly 40 years that it was time to perhaps uh, slow down a little bit and uh, I had this wonderful idea of seeing if I could get a job in a small nursery or a plant centre for a couple of days a week and, and potter around with plants and people, which I love so much. But uh, things sort of moved on at a bit of a pace and I ended up doing some other things, which you mentioned yeah. earlier. Now, I'm particularly interested in your work as an inspector in the Garden Centre Association. Hmm. They're mostly independent garden centres, aren't they? There are some chains. There are a number of groups, a number of the well-known, particularly family-run groups, people like Not Cuts, who I used to work for, Squires, a garden centre chain that, Peter, I'm sure you'll know, uh, but lots of independent garden centres and some really fantastic garden centres throughout the country are members of the GCA or the Garden Centre Association. And every one of those is visited each year to check standards, isn't it? That's absolutely right. So there are four inspectors, of which I am one. We start our inspections in the middle of March, and, and between the four inspectors we get out. Each of us inspects probably 40 or 50 garden centres. And you must have some um, really impressive centres you visit, and some perhaps which are not quite so impressive. How do you cope with that? <laughs> Well, I mean, there is, a, there is a big variation. I have to say, I think the inspection process, which has been going on for many, many years now, um, I think that has really helped through the feedback that we have to members at conferences and other meetings where we show lots and lots of photographs of really good practice. I think that has 
uh, encouraged those garden centres that perhaps a little bit further back in their development to, you know, to try new things and to increase and improve their standards. And I have to say that the majority of garden centres I visit, and there are lots of different shapes and sizes, uh, are wonderful places. They, they, for me, they're joyful places to go. And I think the standards are increasingly high every year. I was the first inspector back in 1969. Okay. Uh, and I visited 80 centres in four weeks from Leland in Cornwall to Aberdeen for a day. <laughs> they, they weren't quite such big uh, organisations then. No, they weren't. Yeah, I, you know, I took photographs at each one and after yeah. the first week... When you saw a weak point at a garden centre, for example, canes all over the place or plants yeah. blowing over, yeah. I could show photographs of um, other operators who could solve those problems. Yeah, and what a great idea. How fantastic. Have you still got those photographs? Please? I have, but they're black and white and um, pretty rustic. But, I mean, if yeah. you look, for example, at Barton Grange Garden Centre up at... Uh, Preston, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is absolutely no recognition to the porter cabin that they had back there in the 60s to that enormous operation now. Yeah, it is. They have changed. Even in my career since 1978 with garden centres, they've changed incredibly. And I can remember a conversation with my then chairman, Charles Knockcutt, who sadly passed away a few years ago, where he said to me, do you think we need a cafe? <laughs> well, these days, can you imagine a garden centre without a restaurant or a cafe? It's just unheard of. Exactly. Uh, and how would you survive? I, I agree. Our garden centres now are very much year-round destinations. And although plants, of course, are the fundamental reason for garden centres being, there are so many other reasons for people to visit. And even if I go into a garden centre on a grotty, wet day and the car park's full, I'll know, do you know what? They're all in the restaurant having lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm particularly interested in the Ruxley Rose uh, competition yes. uh, that the inspectors uh, invigilate over. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, I can. So uh, the spring inspections, which take place, as I mentioned earlier, between mid-March and mid-June, all of the departments of the garden centre are scored. And two of the key departments are what we call the bedding and seasonal department. So your listeners will know about bedding plants and all that bright colour that we see. And then the hardy nursery stock trees, shrubs and what have you. So all of those uh, departments are scored. And those two departments together, those scores are amalgamated. And that gives us a, a, a list of scores. What we then do is we take the top 10 what we call destination garden centres. They're the really big turnover garden centres. And the top 10, what we classify as just regular garden centres, and, and those uh, uh, 10 of each, so 20 in total, garden centres, uh, departments, plant departments, are re-inspected uh, in early September. And in fact, for the last two years, I've had the privilege of doing the inspections. So they're re-scored, if you like, at the end of the summer, and then the Scores that I've uh, I've done in early September are added to the uh, spring scores, and then uh, obviously there's a calculation done, and uh, we end up with a sort of final top ten for the destination plant centres and the top ten for the garden centre plant centres. That must mean an awful lot of travel for you, because I mean you know the association has members up in Inverness, doesn't it, and down in Cornwall. Uh, well, quite right, yes. And in fact, my inspections last year pretty well took me to all four points of the compass. I was up in in, uh, in Venice, you're quite right, at a garden centre there. So that was my furthest north. My furthest south was Christchurch uh, down in Dorset, across to Canterbury in Kent. 
uh, and all the way across to Carnarvon in North Wales. So I really felt I saw a lot of the country in just over two weeks last year. But fantastic to see. Yeah, amazing experience. And one of the reasons I go to the annual conference is the pictures taken by you four inspectors saves me an awful lot of travel. What were the highlights for you? There are certain things. I think um, what we're looking for in particular is uh, any garden centre's absolute dedication to plants. And for me, a garden centre that's truly dedicated to plants, you pick that up even as you're driving along uh, the roadside uh, towards the entrance to the garden centre. And some garden centres, lots and lots of colour planted around their signs. And as you uh, drive into the car park, some garden centres might be a sea of tarmac, but the really dedicated plant ones have got beautiful planting, lovely trees. They might be beautifully planted up. Um, they might be well labelled. And then as you get to the entrance of the garden centre, and there are some particular garden centres that do this well, cows up in uh, north of Newcastle, they have the most incredible planted containers just outside of the entrance. So even before you've walked through the doors of the garden centre itself, your sort of juices are flowing and you're really excited about what you're going to see inside. Now, cows, of course, have won the Ruxley Rose several times, uh, but uh, Perrywood down in Essex were in amongst the winners this year, weren't they? Absolutely right. So they won the Destination Plant Centre of the Year and it's their second year winning that. It's a super garden centre. It's probably about 40, 45 minutes away from where I live and we will very happily get in the car and drive down to Powerwood because of their very strong commitment to and love of plants, which really shines through not just in the displays but in the staff that you talk to. And both of those two mentioned have a production unit behind the scenes, don't they? Do you think that gives an advantage? I think, well, I think it's quite unusual, Peter. I, I mean, in the past, of course, many garden centres were born out of being nurseries, and increasingly that's been less so. But I do think that somehow that nursery production, uh, which often is, is sort of associated with bedding, um, is, a, is a beating heart. And I do think that gives them a little bit of an advantage. You know, they can get things just right and literally just roll the trolley out of the nursery space into the retail space so that it's fresh and ready to go. But I also think that the families involved have a true plant dedication that runs back, you know, maybe a generation or so. And that in itself becomes the core of the business. So, yes, I think it helps. I don't think it's essential for a great plant centre, but I definitely think it helps. And you mentioned going down to Christchurch. Yes. Uh, yes. Which centre was that? Uh, that's uh, Stewart's uh, Garden Centre. So you, um, Martin Stewart, who currently runs that. But again, I think um, probably one of the earliest garden centres in the country uh, would have been uh, Stewart's. And I think you would have known it in those early days, Peter. Well, very much so. I mean, Ted Stewart, if I remember the story correctly, after the Second World War, actually flew... Uh, uh, into North America, uh, flew his own plane, oh, I right. think, and at that time you had to stop off, uh, I don't know quite where, Iceland or somewhere, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then he flew right over to California, and, and, and that, I think, was the origins of the Stewart Garden Centre, seeing what they did on California and, and bringing it back. But, I mean, Ted Stewart, along with uh, Charles Knockup that you mentioned, those two were pioneers, weren't they? Yes, they absolutely were. And, and Charles Notcutt's passion for plants and nursery stock and garden centres, you know, was with him his entire life. And he inspired a great number of people, not only within the Notcutt's business, but also across the entire industry. And uh, it's got a great 
pedigree, I think, the garden centre trade. But it is still quite a young industry, really, if you think about it. As you say, only sort of late 50s, early 60s when it really got going. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, you you were in the uh, hot seat looking after a chain of garden centres for some years. What advice would you give to homeowners who were going to a garden centre and looking for advice? I think, well, I would certainly obviously be inclined to suggest that um, they look up which is their nearest garden centre association garden centre, and they can do that online, as most people will do these days. They're all listed by area and by county, because that gives you a sort of, uh, you know, a standard uh, that you know you're going to. Uh, to be a member of the Garden Centre Association, you have to have uh, a plant guarantee on all hardy plants and perennials and climbers and trees, uh, and that will last in some cases for a year, in many cases, a lifetime guarantee. So I would be pointing them in the direction, uh, certainly, of the Garden Centre Association Centre, and, and and when you get that, it's, it's, a, it's a mark of quality in terms of the staff, in terms of the displays uh, and the experience that you're going to have right across the board. A number of garden centres now are putting in crazy golf, aren't they? Uh, isn't that funny? Yes. In fact, I've just been looking at a garden centre's website a few minutes ago before uh, we went on air. And um, there's exactly that, a mini golf centre. There's all sorts of attractions. And I don't think that's a bad thing, because if we can get children into a garden centre for whatever reason then they might just start to look at some of the plants and think, oh, that's nice. I'll have a go at some seeds or planting something. And the more youngsters that we can get interested in gardens and plants, the better. I was inspired by my mother to to get into the garden, and I'm so grateful. So I think the more kids we can get in, the better. Now, let's move on a little bit. Uh, uh, Currently, as well as doing this mammoth travelling across uh, the UK for garden centre inspection, you're also the assistant county organiser for the National Garden Scheme for Suffolk. That's quite right, yes. Yes, I've been doing that for about uh, 2017 I started, so this is, uh, uh, this is my fourth year. And, and do you check those gardens before they're added to the list? Yes, we do. Yes, any number of us that operate within the county. Uh, there's a number of assistant organisers like myself. And uh, if, for example, we get approached by a garden owner who thinks that their garden might be uh, up to the standard for the National Garden Scheme, then one or more of us would visit that garden, hopefully at the time when it's looking its best, and um, just make sure really that there's enough diversity of interest, um, that you know it's convenient for parking and safe uh, for access and what have you. Um, and, uh, but of course, you know, we're really keen to get more and more gardens all the time. So we're, we're hungry for gardens, but 
um, uh, we do. We inspect just to make sure that they're the right standard and uh, worthy of uh, somebody paying the entrance fee. Well, can I put you on the spot and ask you if you have any favourites? And if we have people <laughs> listening who are going to be into East Anglia, yeah. uh, uh, where should they look for a garden in Suffolk? Well, it's, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, funny enough, the first one I probably would mention to you would actually be in... Essex. Do you think I'm allowed to mention Essex? Well, I um, thought I thought we had very few in Essex, actually. I know. I think you've got quite a lot, actually. They've got a particular garden at a place called Alting Wick. Beautiful for early bulbs, particularly. So that's a great visit if you're going out of the county. But we've got so many wonderful uh, gardens in Suffolk, really. The, 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 the list is uh, endless. I mean, we've got 66 gardens opening in 2020. And, for example, you asked for some of the best. Places like Blaken and Woodland Garden, which is really quite close to Ipswich, but feels like a million miles away. Beautiful woodland garden with magnolias, with camellias. So great early in the season. At the other end of the season, uh, our latest garden to open is somewhere called the Place for Plants at East Bergholt. And uh, that's close to the Essex border, but still in Suffolk. And there's an arboretum there. So you can imagine some wonderful autumn colours particularly. I'm busy writing these down. I could send you a booklet, Peter. <laughs> um, but of course, if you or your listeners go online, the National Garden Scheme, um, www.ngs.org.uk, has a fantastic website with lots of images of some of the, well, all of the gardens, dates when they're open, uh, and, and to, uh, further information. I would mention one other uh, garden that I would insist everybody visits, and I'm not sure if you've been, Fuller's Mill Garden near Bury St Edmunds. Now, isn't that a charity? It is. I think it's linked with Perennial, which used to be the um, uh, Royal Gardeners Benevolent Society before it changed name. And I think it was a garden created by a man who was a plant breeder. And it's just gorgeous, particularly... May or something like that. They've got a wonderful pond with the most beautiful uh, primulas, the, um, not only the drumstick primulas, but the candelabra primulas. It, it's such a beautiful garden. It's really well worth a visit. Um, but it's difficult to choose one out of the 66 because they're so, they're, they're such a diversity of shape, size and location. Well, now, one of the attractions of the NGS visits are the cakes. I mean, do I get cakes at Fuller's Mill? You do, actually, yes, you do. Yes, they've got a nice little, in fact, they've got a dedicated little um, tea shop there. But uh, most of the other gardens are sort of the privately owned gardens. Nearly every uh, garden will uh, invite uh, other people, friends and what have you to help to bake cakes, to serve teas. And it's one of the really big attractions uh, of an NGS garden. And it's so lovely on a sunny day to go into the garden and see groups of people, maybe that have never even met before, sitting at a table, having a cup of tea, piece of cake, and just talking about gardens and plants. It's a very social thing to do. Well, you know, we gardeners, I think we're friendly because we fight the weather rather than one another. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right, Peter. It's a wonderful shared thing, and it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, uh, the joy of plants and the joy of gardens is, is such a common bond. Michael, thank you very much for joining us today. Wish you well and envy you visiting all those gardens in uh, Suffolk. My end piece this week really is not so much what's on as what's not on. We've just heard that the Chelsea Flower Show has been cancelled and the RHS has cancelled all of its shows right through until... 
June. Having worked for nine months or so uh, on our proposed stand at Chelsea, uh, I have mixed feelings. In some ways, it's a relief because trying to get stuff logistically into that site on the Chelsea Hospital grounds is uh, very demanding. And I'm looking to see if we can't still build our exhibit, but this time perhaps at Hyde Hall, even in the car park, so that uh, people could drive in and drive round and see it uh, without even getting out of the car. Needs must when the devil drives, and we need to think out of the box. All being well, hope to be back with you next week. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this podcast, and of course to my producer, Rich Jarman. And to you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.